0: You're listening to the Keeping Up With NZ podcast. I'm Ingrid Grenard. Welcome to the first in a new series of Keeping Up With NZ Meets, where we'll be chatting to entertainers, comedians, actors, musicians, and people generally involved in the arts. And we'll be asking them their favourite Kiwi creations from music, comedy, film, and of course, what we can all do to help the industry as a whole. We've got a future episode already recorded with Deborah Francis White from The Guilty Feminist. And we recorded that at the Classic Comedy Club in Auckland pre-lockdown. Back to today. And I've got a great chat with Luke Bird. I had a chat with Luke uh, sort of halfway through lockdown um, remotely on Zoom. Uh, If you don't know about Luke, he's an MC He's the TV presenter of Maori TV's Sidewalk Karaoke. He's an opera singer. He's a red carpet stunner and all-round good chap. So we have a chat about his childhood, being bullied, how he stayed focused on his goals, his body transformation, his career, and obviously his favourite Kiwi connections. I hope you enjoy the first podcast. We've got many more to come. I hope everyone's doing okay out there in lockdown. Um, I hope you're all keeping busy and keeping well and safe, and looking after each other in your bubbles. Hopefully, um, we'll all be back out there soon enjoying some great comedy and films and events and festivals uh, throughout New Zealand. Um, But until then... I uh, hope we can keep you entertained with some great podcasts. Um, I'll also be putting up uh, some retrospective podcasts that we've done at previous comedy festivals and arts festivals. So you can have a listen to them. Um, there's a great one with James Acaster and Alice James. Um, so we're we'll putting that up soon too. Uh, but for now, have a listen to Luke Bird. Um, hope you enjoy. So this is the first one we've done like this, so I really hope it all records properly. Otherwise, we'll just have a nice chat. That's all
1: right. I've got nothing else to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice chat. <laughs> I'm just so busy.
1: Looking good, by the way, hot bitch.
0: Thanks. Um, been eating a lot. Have you been eating a lot during this? Because I can't stop eating.
1: Um, I have, but I've actually been eating quite good. Like, I, I, My trainer has made it very clear to me that I have no excuse not to be eating, like, just looking to the plan. And not to be working out all the time, so I have to be. So yeah, it's good. Hi.
0: Hi. <laughs> Welcome, Luke Bird, to Keeping Up uh, with their Dead Meats. We are in week. What are we in week three of lockdown? So how is it treating you?
1: Well, you know what? To be honest, I um, when, it, when it was first announced that we were going to go into a lockdown, I was in a slight, little bit of a panic because I didn't know what that meant. We've never done this, in our Lifetime ever, um, and so what does that mean for people? So when I when it happened, I thought, okay, I'm going to be at home for a couple of weeks. It's made me go, wow! Bring yourself back down to the ground, be rooted, be grass rooted, anchor yourself down, and just get on with it. Because there's nothing you can do. You have to listen to the rules and play by it. If you don't, you'll be here for another four weeks. So I think to be fair, I've actually it's been quite good for me. It's made me really reflect, refuel. Replan, re-energize, and the big one I think for most creatives is as you will probably know too, reinvent. So I've had a, a lot of thinking, which has been quite good. Why not?
0: Ooh. So is there anything um, I, you're talking about reinventing? Is there anything you can talk about ideas wise, or are you are you just thinking like, oh, there's some stuff that I'd like to talk about when this is when we get back to whatever normal we uh- get back to? What people
1: don't know about me, I'm not sure if you do either, is that I actually trained as a chef at a high school, so the ultimate dream job was to be cooking in a kitchen, owning a restaurant, um, being a hospitable bird,
0: Yeah. Uh, and I realized
1: that it wasn't really me, but I still do cook, and there has been in the past where I, when I was starting out when I was in a lull, I would go, well, why don't I just do like some cooking Experiences where people come to my nest and experience the bird in my bird nest. And so I did that for a couple of months um, and it works really well. It's a fun, fun event. It's, ex- it's an experience. I cook for you. You learn more about me. It's a personal event and yeah. it's only for a limited group of people. So I'm reinventing my personality more in ways of uh, using the personality more as opposed to using the talent. Yeah.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Um, I wanted to go back to the beginnings of Bird when you were a little chick. <laughs> <laughs> so where, basically, where did you grow up? What were you like at school? And what were your dreams yeah. and ambitions when you were a little wee chick?
1: Um, how long have we got? Shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> so when I was growing up, I mean, I've come, I come from a very um, a bicultural family. So my mother, my mum is Maori and my father wasn't. And so I was brought up predominantly on my mum's side because my father wasn't around. And then he died when I was very, very young anyway. Mm. So brought up in my mum's family, as I'm an only child, I learned very quickly that it takes a village to literally raise a child, in my culture anyway, or my family. And so I was brought up really, 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 really tight with all my cousins. And so my cousins are like my brothers and sisters. But... You know me as this, and this has never changed. I've always been this, this flamboyant, this this child, flamboyant child. But that used to get me into a lot of um, not a lot of strife, but a more a lot of situations where I was bullied a lot. I was bullied for being one the fat kid, two the fat kid with the bowl cut, three the fat kid with the bowl cut and glasses. Four, the fat kid with the bowl cut glasses and braces. And then five, the fat kid with the bowl cut, the glasses, the braces, and the high-pitched voice. But the funny thing is, is actually all of those things is now what, like, it's sort of almost like pushed me to do what I do. I have not changed. My personality has always been quite larger than life. And at high school, I sort of found myself there, but school was a bit guarded. So when I was, when I was growing up, I was brought up with my mum and my grandmother and my uh, mum's my sister and her family. So I was around women quite a lot. And I guess when I was at school, I was a little bit, um, had feminine traits. And I had a lot of friends that were girls. And I would just get into the whole creative thing. It didn't mean one, you're this or that. It just meant I was really into the detail of things. And I liked what women wore. And I liked how girls got to dress up. And so I think a lot of that helped now where I love fashion. I like to do my best. I like to look my best. Well, in my eyes anyway. Um, But there wasn't really that father figure or that person around where would sort of go, hey, let's go get a a rugby ball and go play some catch, whatever you call it. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I have caught other balls, I can tell you. But (laughs) I I didn't do that kind of thing where you go and, like, let's go play a game of rugby. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is, is that I, a couple of years ago, when I was sort of, you know, launching the bird I, I suppose i was waiting in a line at a fish and chip shop and i you know when you know someone's standing behind you but you know they know they're looking at you just know they're looking at you like that you can just feel them staring right through you so i turned around and i mean i'm six foot five and i felt this person look and i turned around and it was one of the bullies not this uh, not this particular bully but it was one of the bullies from school and he was like whoa hey oh hey luke whoa you're a Look at you now! You're on the TV. Right, right. I just saw. I just wanted to poke him and just be like, Boop. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: sometimes- is, um Actually, yeah, that that's be a question. Like as you're getting more well known and and you're on TV and, and on red carpets and doing your events and live stuff and hosting and emceeing and doing all that kind of stuff, and people will start to recognise you. And I, I've heard this before with some other people that have become well known that were picked on at school. Um, that often those people that were bullies will then get in touch with them, in touch yes. with, on Facebook and be like, "Hey, we went to school together," and it's kind of like, yes. uh, uh, "Go away, I don't want to talk." Yes. You, kind of thing.
1: I have had that. I've had one, a couple of people message and say, "Oh my god, I love what you do." I remember you at school, you haven't changed, and I'm thinking, "No, I haven't. I'm still the same." You're the the asshole that decided to make fun of the fact that I was being myself. But I have had one uh, person send me um, a message about a year or two ago, and I've still got it, and I've never replied to it because I don't know how, but he used to bully me so bad at primary school that I completely forgot about it, just forgot. And then he sent me a message on Facebook just to say um, that his children love watching me on the show I host and that him and his kids sit down every Thursday night and they watch it together. And he always says that his kids to him are always like, oh, Dad, you went to school with him. He's such a cool guy and he's fun and he's so funny and out there. And he, he sent me a message because he said he felt like a hypocrite, that he was sitting there saying, yeah, he is really cool. And yet he said, but I used to bully you for being exactly that at school. And yet my kids think that is actually really... Right. honorable and, and they idolize what you do and here I am sitting there thinking I used to bully you for it so I thought that was really really special I just I didn't know how to reply to it but I thought it was kind of cool that someone's actually sit there and thought about it and gone you know what this guy all I've done is all he's done is being himself but I've hurt his feelings from doing that and now my kids love the fact that he's himself I need to to apologise, and it's kind of cool.
0: That is nice, because sometimes you do think, do people notice, you know, some things happen to you that might have been so insignificant to somebody else, but it could have shaped you who you are. One absolutely. Even good or bad, whatever it was, and they may never even have known. i was going to go back to uh, a couple of our Keeping Up With NZ questions. So we wanted to kind of send some love in the direction of um, Kiwi creations and Kiwi connections. Um, So I sent you a couple of questions to think about. Um, so the first right. one, um, which I'd hope that you wouldn't—well, you have to think quite a lot—but I'm sure you'd have lots to choose from. Would be theatre productions. So I've been in New Zealand nine years and been like immersed in the theatre scene since since I got here, and I've loved the variety of theatre that I've seen here, both when they've done um, local productions of international shows and when they're local, especially when they're local and learning about. Uh, what it means to be a New Zealander, what it means to be a Kiwi. Um, yes. What can you say is your favourite theatre, theatre production? Um, see, the
1: problem with me is I'm a Pisces and I overthink and I like to please and I'm very creative and I have too many that I like. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, probably the best production... It was actually one that I've been in, to be honest. And <laughs> no, no surprises there. <laughs> but I think my best one I I've, um, I've, would have loved to have seen if I could, but I was in it, would have been Phantom of the Opera in Wellington. I did the, 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 the original one there. And also probably Hairspray, because Hairspray's just got such a great message to it. But it's so frigging colourful and yeah. fun that I don't know anyone that does not enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think those two productions are probably by far the most sort of ones that just get me really bubbling for more because it, they've got such um, climax and such colour and such fun and such vibrance. And New Zealand does put on really good Blimmin' productions. Yeah. We're almost to the point where some people, though, tend to go, oh, it's a Kiwi one. Oh, it was good for a New Zealand one. I hate yes. that when people say that.
0: Yeah. It drives me nuts. It's like, well, you try funding it then. I think hairspray was the first time I met you. Opening night of hairspray. It
1: was. I'm <laughs> hugging. I'm hugging the camera. <laughs> it
0: was. It was. That's that's why. So did you train? Did you train as an all-round performer, or it was predominantly singing, and then you've kind of gone full full entertainment? Great
1: question. Um, I so after I finished doing the the culinary arts and all that hoo ha. I didn't do any training. I did audition for uh, drama schools, and there was one drama school I auditioned for, NIDA in Sydney, um, and that was a big school there. And I got to the final callback, didn't happen, didn't get in. But thought, ah, oh, I'm over I'm not doing this anymore. Who do they think they are? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they lost. But they're, they're lost. <laughs> And then I decided, you know what, well, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to audition for New Zealand Opera. So I auditioned for their company as an ensemble member and got in. And then I did that for a year or so. So I, but in all, so in saying that, since 2007 eight, I have been always trained formally in classical music by a tutor. So I've always had lessons and I've always done competitions and always been trained privately I suppose and then I did a degree for three years and it was via correspondence and? the hardest thing to do via correspondence when you do a performing arts degree oh, oh my god. god oh you had to know you had to do videos and send videos and they send you feedback you do it again you had to do Ah, oh, it was just but did it so I did
0: that's eventually. like now that's like your practice for lockdown education basically yeah that's it. This is us. One out. on one, right now. <laughs> and five, six,
1: seven, eight.
0: <laughs> so, talking about music, we can go back to our Kiwi connections. Do you have a local artist? Uh, it could be an album, a song, an anthem. Maybe it could either be very personal to you, or something that you really think like epitomises um, being a New Zealander.
1: Um, I really enjoy, there's a particular band I love in the north, and they're just sort of, they're they're doing the festival circuit at the moment, so they're, well, they were, so they're, they're just sort of, they're on the verge of going, rah, they're probably like how 660 were when they started, did the festival circuits, did the odd pub circuit, and then went, rah, Uh, they're a band called Otium, and I love them. They are such great guys. I don't really have a particular favourite of theirs, but I do love them as people. They're the genuine sort of grassroots Kiwi kind of band that just makes things happen out of a number eight wire kind of a budget.
0: Yeah. Um, So you are a person. Yes. (laughs) You are a person who likes to laugh. I am a person. You're a person who makes us laugh.
1: Oh, bless you. Uh,
0: Who makes you laugh?
1: so um who makes me laugh just by just for a bit of a giggle i'm a big fan and please don't judge me of uh, jim carrey a lot of my comedy comes from him as a child i it's thought really,
0: he it's amazing
1: oh good because some people go
0: oh my god i can't stand him i'm just like Ugh! ace ventura, ace ventura yes. I, I remember having on v- vhs and yes. Like <laughs> and just what we watched it over and over and over and over and over again. I still do the jump yeah. every time. Yes. A sliding door. I do the ah.
1: <laughs> yes. He is probably by far one of my favourite comedic of, um, idols. Ace Ventura, one and two. Uh, the Mask, huge. Cable Guy is probably the most one that I get really scared of watching.
0: I love I Cable was, guy, but it's, I so he it's was, kind of sad.
1: It is sad. It is very sad, but it's also very scary. Like,
0: karaoke is amazing in that film. <laughs> I love it. If you want somebody to love, don't you need somebody to love?
1: <laughs> <He's> excellent. <laughs> anyway.
0: And, um, anybody, anybody tickle your fancy in the local scene? Oh, yes, of course. Um,
1: I really like Tom Sainsbury. He's actually a good friend, so I think he's, he's pretty so fine, but I remember him before he was doing not doing any of that. So that's what I like about him, that people see personalities and they go, oh, you're so lucky. And it's like, actually, no, this guy, as you know too, you've worked your ass off. So I've known him before he did anything, which is kind of cool. Um, I don't know Chris Parker personally, but I quite like Chris Parker. He's got a really sort of dry... Humor that I find is quite good. I do like um, Ursula Carlson. I think you just cannot go wrong with a, with a big dyke. She <laughs> cracks my jock strap <laughs> so well. Oh, what a person as well.
0: Is like- incredible. <laughs> Ursula's um, a comic where there are some actual jokes that I can take like because lots of people do like long form stories or long long form jokes with so punchlines that come back and do that and she does that too but there's a couple of times when she's done the sort of small uh, slots on tv when she's got some really good jokes that you can actually yes. take because you know when you see a comedian and you're like oh you know what were they like what they? and you can't remember any of it but normally with Ursula you can get one yeah, so it's really sad because i miss missed a bit. I've been starting to watch a few. Obviously, everyone's creating content online, which is great. And I talk about Instagram and I watch Chris Barker and Tom Sainsbury's Gingerbread Cats and all of this political stuff is great. Um, you, on Instagram, we can talk about. Oh, thank you. You, you share, like, all aspects <laughs> of your life. So you do, you've got your uh, exercise regime, you have your auditions, you have your toilet, toilet habits, dating. Absolutely bit of grinder on there is it grinder oh oh,
1: you've been watching
0: (laughs) (laughs) but so when you started like harnessing the power of social media and getting yourself out there that way did you ever did you think about it or did you just start doing it
1: i just started doing it and look i don't have hundreds of thousands of followers but i'm not jesus so it's just you know you just you just make do with what you've got and some people i've just like today for instance i've not posted anything sometimes i don't post because i'm like i need to calm it down a bit because some people i can be some people can be cruel you can get some really odd balls in there that'll be like um i don't appreciate you taking this video of you on the toilet because my child watches you and my answer to them is you chose to push follow not me you pushed follow
0: it's not offensive toileting by the way anyone who doesn't follow luke you can follow him it's safe it's not it's not <laughs> offensive it's normally just a sort of raised eyebrow
1: I mean, the queen goes for a poo, or does she?
0: Did you fart, Philip? Well, you know, I don't know <laughs> the lizard's poo. We don't know.
1: That's right. Um, but social media, I think, is really—it's quite power- It's very powerful. Anyone that says it's not is obviously lying, sleeping under a, a rock.
0: And I really enjoy, like, I—I I like that the you know you you do your um, body. You've had your body transformation, and then correct.
1: I have a trainer. I never used to have a trainer, but the only reason why I got a trainer is purely because I would lack the motivation to walk into a gym. I was shit scared of going into a gym. It is, yeah, it's a, it's a judgmental place. It's just surrounded by an idea ideology of what could be that you are not. So I got a trainer to push my motivation and to push my, my want my actual want for training and i love it i love training i don't sound like i do when i'm doing it i honestly sound like i'm about to kill a bitch like cut cut somebody (laughs) i if i had the strength i would whack my trainer so far at the balls because it's so hard but it teaches you a lesson that when you finish the actual session you go ah okay he got one up on me because you finished it it means you've achieved it so it's really really hard but at the end of the day when you complete it, you feel so amazing. And so during my journey with, with weight loss and muscle gain and, you know, trying to live a more healthier but more free lifestyle, um, you learn very quickly that it's not about the idea of going to the gym, lift some weights, rah, 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 rah. It's actually about lifestyle. It's about eating properly. Eat, you actually eat more when you're doing it properly. And... Um, 80% of it is eating and 20% is actually gym. You can't just go to the gym or go for a run and expect to have you know, a six-pack. It doesn't work like that. But what I've also learned is that those people who we look at going, oh, my God, they're amazing, they also think the same. They think exactly the same. They have got their insecurities. So there's not one above the other. People can take a really good Instagram picture of their bodies But we, as the viewers, tend to look at it going, I want to look like that. Oh, why can't I? I I don't look like that, damn it. But what we tend to forget is you can't just look like that overnight. That person would have taken like at least three years to really define that body. And it's strict as, fuck. you can't just think about I'm going to take one picture and look great and i will going eat all these followers and I'm going to eat a Big Mac afterwards because it's going to just be detrimental to the whole way of your living. Yeah. See, that's another thing too, is that I, I was actually thinking about this this morning. I was going, am I like, what are you waiting for? Or life is short. You literally, oh, yeah. what are you waiting for? Or what are you waiting to wear that outfit to? Or why are you waiting to look this so good for what? What? Why are you waiting to look good for something? Yeah, Just the, make it the, the, the work. Because look at us now, we're in, a, we're in lockdown. I mean, that a couple of months ago, it was New Year's Eve. We're having a great old time and doing free festival. This, Festi- I was the festival circle, I was hosting festivals. Do this, do that. Life is very short. And as we've learned, the whole world is currently on a lockdown. So you've got to make it count.
0: So talking, going back to lockdown, obviously people are watching lots of movies. So what film... Do you love that either stars a New Zealander or is or is directed by a New Zealander?
1: Any type of movie. Any type of movie that has New Zealand connections. Yes. Um, look, Taika, story. Well, I mean, Taika Waititi is probably the go-to, isn't it? Because he's current and he's oh. he's done so much. Out of he started off on a like literally a tuna bake casserole budget, and now he's eating like the i fillet budget. Um, oh, uh, Nikki, Nikki Cairo, 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 is that her name? She directed Whale Rider and now she's the director of Disney's Mulan.
0: Oh, oh that's really good.
1: I know. And she's a small town Kiwi girl who directed on a really shoestring budget Whale Rider when that was huge. Yeah,
0: I've never More seen sh- Whale Rider. <gasps> Impression, I need to watch it. I don't know how it kind of missed me. And then it was one of those films where I always was like, oh, and I've never seen um, this. What's the other one? Uh, Once for Warriors. I've never seen that either.
1: <laughs> I what kind of a Kiwi girl are you?
0: <laughs> I need to catch up. But again, my, I, I, people have been okay. really neat like, about it. But then since I've had kids as well, I I shy away from anything that's a little bit too, I'm trying not to watch too much dark stuff because I don't want it to get in my head because I worry about the kids and everything else going on.
1: Well, you know, that will really get you once we're
0: worried.
1: Once we're worried, though, I remember, actually, I shouldn't say this, but I remember seeing it the first time, I think I was like nine or ten, and we're in my cousin's house in Auckland on holiday, and we're just like, oh, here's one, we'll watch this. It's about (laughs) cultural stuff. And we're like, ah! But... (laughs) But when you watch it, you actually get a really big sense of how little things can affect people in the biggest way. And therefore, we have to look after each other. You just literally have to look after one another. You just do. You need to watch that movie because it'll – don't watch it with your kids. Just watch watch it with a lot of
0: snacks. I will watch – it's one of those ones, again, like, I'm going to watch Whale Rider. Um, Luckily, I've watched Boy. And I watched Eagle vs. Shark, because i would watched them. Uh, so I've seen all tikers. Um, but yeah, I hadn't seen those. And I remember when it was a big global thing, um, for Once for Warriors, and thinking like, oh, I really want to watch that. Because I used to watch a lot more darker stuff, and watched very much inappropriate stuff for my age when I was younger, and got very put off horror because I watched some stuff way too young. Because our parents didn't really used to care. in that They'd just go... Oh, American Werewolf in London, that sounds fun. Yeah, go watch that (laughs) when we were about 10. And I was like, I can't sleep for a (laughs) year. So the final sort of Kiwi connection bit is my yeah, nah part. I mean, obviously it's difficult to comment right now because we're living in a really extraordinary um, time for for everyone's kind of career, but particularly for for entertainers. Um, but if you, if we were thinking back to normal life, or maybe thinking to the future and how the future is going to be, like what what can uh, New Zealanders do, or us in the industry and audiences do better to support kind of Kiwi arts? And, and you know what do you think we're going to be doing <laughs> in a year's time?
1: Well, you know what, I was thinking about this yesterday because someone I've had a few people who have commented to me saying well, I don't know why people in the arts are so disappointed. Why are they so down? They should have thought about this. They should have put money aside. And I just want to like literally lash through my screen on my phone and punch them because people tend to forget the one thing. If you've got such an issue with creatives, then how would you survive during lockdown? You would, one, not want to have movies. Two, not have games for your children to play. Three, not listen to any music. Four, not use your phone. Five, not wear your best dress. You know, creatives are literally everywhere. No matter who you are, everyone wants to be entertained. So I would say if when this finishes, the lockdown finishes and we get back to normal life, is if you've postponed or you've canceled someone because of the event, try and rebook them or just reach out to them to say, you know what, we're thinking of you because we love what you do so much that we want to rebook you for something else. And you've got to have a sense of, Community in a, in a country like New Zealand, we we like one big community surrounded by, you know, one big fence and then ocean on the side of it, and that's a, that's a kind of village I think is kind of powerful. When you look at the wider world and the scheme of the wider world, we really do look after each other. So when this full finishes, I would like to think that well, people reach out to creatives. And, and the one thing I cannot stress: it costs nothing to be kind,
0: nothing at all
1: it costs you nothing at all no time no money no effort nothing
0: and that's one thing you always are mr bird
1: oh, bless you um, thanks um, there's just no point in being unkind this is not beverly hills this is number eight y in new zealand so yeah. if someone makes it for you give it straight back
0: yeah and it is you are right about um that community feeling in new zealand is um very strong because people do know each other there are the two degrees and um, yeah you, you learn quite quickly how connected the country is and um, so I do think that that has helped with the lockdown and and has helped since you know the horrible events that, that have happened in in Christchurch last year so it's kind of Absolutely. like really is a reminder of how how close we should be maybe we're not always as close as we should be but getting I think what's been amazing is we have um, uh, a street group on Facebook um and oh my god we're so connected with our neighbours <laughs> now because we're all chatting on there and everyone's going a bit mad and everyone's doing <sighs> stuff there's one house that does a different teddy bear display every single day oh um, cool. I put a message up there because we didn't have any face masks and we were worried about the little one and stuff and we had like, we were bombarded with people willing to donate face masks to us. And it's, I actually, I thought, pushed back and that. was like, no, no, we've got enough now. You don't need to give us any more. Um, but literally just how kind everyone's been in, in that aspect. And often you do actually just have to ask as well, which is when you do ask, it can be quite overwhelming how lovely people are. Oh, I should have quickly talked to you about the, the TV show. Cause my little boy, I, I love it too, but my little boy really loves it. Cause he loves anything to do. I really know, he's so cute. Um, <laughs> But uh, talking about community, how do you find, because obviously when you're doing that show, you have to just talk to a whole range of people, just people in the street and anyone that kind of rocks up. Um, how Have you found, like you're talking about being kind and that kind of thing, have you found your experiences, and like you said, you had um, some negative experiences at school and people not being so kind, have you found all of those have helped shape you to be able to just jump in and talk to people and have those sort of, um, instant friendship feeling conversations on TV.
1: Oh, yeah, abs- look, absolutely. And saying that though, when I was at school, I was the, what you see now is exactly what I was at school. So I haven't really changed. I've always been wanting to talk to people and be everyone's friend. I just backlash because not <laughs> everyone wants to be your friend. Um, but I do find it quite easy to talk to people. I actually really enjoy when people. When people feel they can talk to you and they just know you're just like everybody else, because some people do put you on a pedestal where because you're dressed in sequins or you're seen on this or you've done this before, people do tend to think they know you and that's not a problem. So when they come and talk to you, of course I'm going to talk to them.
0: I was going to ask you um, if you had any, like one piece of advice for if there's any kid at school who is the the fat kid with glasses and braces and bulk up (laughs) um um, what advice would you give that kid
1: um never stop wanting like never stop wanting it like it's that whole cliche where they say oh I'm one day when I grow up I'm gonna be well don't just think about it just want it and do it I have never sat there and been complacent complacency Creates laziness. Laziness creates complacency of the mind, which means you're going to be really lazy in terms of your work. Never get complacent. So always have a purpose and a want.
0: Yeah.
1: Like you can't, you just cannot stop. Never. Believe in. If you get that audition, go to the audition. Believe in it. But people say, oh, believe in yourself. That's fine. But sometimes it does take other people to believe in you first. My singing tutor. It wasn't until probably a year before she passed that I realized she believed in me before I even knew I have belief in myself. And if you're being bullied at school, I know it's an awful, awful thing. And I don't think anyone's never, ever been bullied. Even the bullies have been bullied. But I always encourage people to go, it does get easier. It just does. Because you tend to build a really resilient kind of a skin. Yeah. And sometimes, even putting on my suit is like putting on... Um, A sense of uh, Like a sense of self armour Hmm. That just makes people go Oh he is He's prepared, he knows himself so well That he owns his confidence So my key things would be, never stop wanting Own your confidence, it gets easier
0: Oh, definitely, and actually you're right, actually, just turning up and turning up, being proud of yourself, and standing up straight and just being who you are makes people go, oh, that guy is something fun, yeah. even absolutely, because you just are because we all are, but some of some some of us don't think that way, so we kind of like crouching or so yeah, be flapping their wings all over the shop,
1: <laughs> <laughs> flap those flaps and be flocking flapulous.
0: <laughs> Right now, where can people find you? Oh,
1: you can find me on Facebook, Luke Bird, or on Instagram, Luke Bird Zero. And if you want to book me, you can go to Celebrity Speakers, just googling Luke Bird.
0: Right, I'll let you go so you can enjoy you. your Easter break. Thank you so much oh. for um, having a great chat with me. Oh, and, always a pleasure. And I know that we will meet again. <laughs> In real (laughs) time! Thank you, Luke Bird. There you go. Thank you so much, Luke Bird, for having a chat with me over Easter weekend. I hope everyone enjoyed that. We've got lots more to come. Like I said, we've got some archives and we've got Deborah Francis White to come in the next couple of weeks. So if you could like, subscribe and share the podcast far and wide. This is a Keeping Up with NZ.com podcast presented produced by Ingrid Grenard in association with creative sidekicking.com. <laughs>